And I guess that's my intro to say welcome <laughs> to the PHLY Sixers podcast. Look um, who it is, our boy Devon. Finally, you finally decided to show up for work. Congratulations, I, I, I needed buddy. I needed a couple of months off, so <laughs> you know, hey, I, I decided to take a few months off. And you just do a couple of shows with just... Kyle, you'll need another couple months off. <laughs> okay, well, uh, wow, all right, look, really shots fired already, time. huh? Shots fired already, but no, it is great to be back uh, with you guys and. Kyle Newbeck, Derek Bodner, I'm Devon Givens, and welcome to the PHLY Sixers podcast once again. We have a lot to get into. I'm not the only one making a return. We'll talk about Kelly Oubre a little bit later, and we'll get into James Harden and the comments made in the story with The Athletic. So we have a lot to get into, but guys, welcome. I, I mean, I'm saying, I feel like I'm saying welcome I'm to saying you. I'm saying to you. I've been here. He's been here. We've been in the <laughs> trenches without the guy who's like... The actual microphone presence on the show, yeah. which I don't know if you've heard Derek and I talk, but very much what... print guys. <laughs> well, yes. no, you guys have been doing great. Look, uh, all jokes aside, just paying attention to seeing everything that's been going on from the people chatting. And it's been great. I can't wait to interact with everybody because it has been three months where I haven't been able to talk to anybody and listen not to even you guys. Us. We not even you, you guys. Like, giving you the cold shoulder. Everybody, just the Heisman, just the stiff arm of just keeping <laughs> me away. And we all understand and... But no, it's, it's great to be here, and you guys have been doing a fantastic job, so don't sell yourselves short of what you have been doing and driving the show and leading the show. I've seen the numbers. They're great. Well, I mean, look, we I think Kyle and I are realistic of who and what we are. Like, we have been a we have been writers for the, most of our career. Sure, we've had a podcast, but we have not hosted a show. Uh, I think when we designed this group, you were very, an intention, very intentional and integral part, uh, so we have figured out how to... Get by over the last three months, but we are certainly looking forward for you to be here, not only because of your expertise, but also because of your expertise in the Sixers, but also because you are a like you are very experienced running a show. We think this is going to be a great lineup. It's going to be a blast. I have a lot of things to get off my chest. I also want to say very sincerely, because I know I give Derek a lot of shit both on the show. And off my the grandmother air is convinced doing, that you hate me. When we're to, oh, I mean, tell your grandmother that's that's all love. <laughs> But I, Derek deserves a lot of credit because he essentially has been the host for the last three months. Like yeah. when I'm at the arena and we've had Rich and Renee and Roy and people in the, the second chair essentially filling in, it's been on Derek to lead in the show, do all four ad reads, which at some point Devon is going <laughs> to have to do some ad reads here and see if he I can handle that. does better than we I'm do. I'm not I doing a single that. ad read for three months. What are you talking about? <laughs> so... I just want to give Derek some well-deserved credit for stepping into a role that he was not probably expecting when we started. And now it's all seated to you, buddy. No pressure, but it's I got all it. on you. No worries. I got it. And it's, as we see all the people in the chat and we'll get to everybody. Uh, it's pretty cool to see everybody in here. A lot of names I recognize and a lot of names I recognize from watching you guys. And of course, you'll give you shout outs at the end. Let everybody know we that appreciate. You it. might be the shout out guy now. I don't that know. I'm not doing. I'll do the ad reads, but you do the shout out guy. You, you do that one. So, uh, but no, it's great to be back and be here with Bree and watching Renee. And as you said, looked up one day and I saw Roy and I was like, "Yo, look at that! You got a little guest." Yeah. And, you know, so it's, it's pretty great cool. To have and Rich, Roy on. yeah, I and that. having Rich in here, so it's cool. I'll be here with every with the guys, of course, five days a week, and every, everything just keeps going. I'm just a new piece to it all, hoping that I don't mess things up. So there's that. But I'm, I'm not worried about you messing things up. I'm mostly just, we've seen each other so little. How the hell are you doing? I'm good, man. Like um, you know, for, for a lot of people who didn't know, because I am private. So a lot of things I am pretty private with, with a lot of stuff. And people know me in the past, know about my kids, my family this and all great. that stuff. I have all kinds of time in the chat. And, and, yeah, you can do that. Now. Yeah. yeah. And, I'm just, I'm, I'm a professional chatter. <laughs> perfect. I, I tore my Achilles in July, mid-July. And a lot of people didn't know that. And so it was... It was kind of good to be off for the time that I was off to focus on the rehab and just making sure I got things done. Tore my ACL five years ago. So I've had the two big major injuries in a five-year span. Still think I could play a little bit. Yeah. And that was, that was that. So that was <laughs> something that I was doing for a good portion of my time out. Still rehabbing. I'm four months in. But I can walk with, with sneakers now. I still have a little bit of a limp. But um, I'm hard on myself about that. So... Just fighting through, fighting through that, and uh, but hey, that's just that's just part of it. So that's what I've been doing a lot of: family time, reading things, uh, just hanging out with my friends and my family, 
they, they're keeping me focused, like, hey, let's go do this, let's do that, so they can keep me busy. So that's where a lot of my family, who I'm sure are watching and listening, and that's, that's a lot of what, of what I have been doing uh, a lot of this time. Well, good. Now you have three months of Sixers takes saved up. So Derek and I are yes. just going to take our leave and I, I will, uh, I'll see you yeah, guys later. Yeah, so I, I do. I mean, if you guys want to throw different things at me, I have thoughts, as I've always had over the years. I, I have plenty of thoughts of, of things that have gone on. And, of course, we'll get into one starting with James Harden with the things that he said in The Athletic, and we'll get to Kelly Oubre a little bit later because I, too, I know how, Kyle, I know what you thought about Kelly Oubre coming in. I've had my thoughts. I saw him up close a few years ago. Uh, for two seasons for specific reasons, of course, up close and personal watching him. And I've had thoughts and I'm pleasantly surprised at the things that I saw before he went out with the unfortunate injury off the floor. So, so yeah, it, it's a, I have, I have a lot of things to say, but I appreciate everybody reaching out on both on social media and emailing and texts that, that I'm close with people that I've got to know over the years, of course, in my, in my other spot that I, I love doing that for so many years, but I'm very excited to do this. So Glad to be back. Glad to be able to interact with you. If you've noticed, if you hit me up on social media and I didn't respond, very strategic because I just wanted to stay off of social media and let things happen the way that they were they were happening. There were no so. texts sent between Devon and <laughs> yeah. I over the last three months. No, no evidence that we had ever communicated in any single way. So <laughs> right, that's, right. That's very important. Yeah, and that was tough, man, because I'm so used to just interacting with everybody and I always get back to people on text pretty quickly and that that was tough because the reason why I am a part of this show with you two is I always said this before that I feel like everybody out there with what I do and what we do building a family that kind of thing and I've gotten very close with a lot of people over the years talking to everybody about Sixers and Eagles and Flyers and Phillies whatever we've talked about mostly Sixers of course and we'll do that here but it has been tough not to be able to talk to everybody so I'm, I'm, I apologize for not responding to you. Now I will respond to you. You were you were like the inverse Marshawn Lynch. You just weren't here, so you wouldn't get fined. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I did not want to be fine. That, 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 that did not want to be fine. So let's get to it, man. Let's get to what it. What the hell do you make of this James Harden thing today? Well, that goes to both of you and slash myself so, as well. Well, I mean, in the beginning, in the offseason, when we started to see how things were winding down with Boston in the playoffs and the typical collapse of the Sixers in the second round and him being a part of it now, I have my thoughts going into the offseason where even if he wanted out and the Houston thing started to happen all the way back in December and we started to hear all these rumblings about the Houston Rockets, my thing was this. One year remaining on the, on the contract, if he decided to opt out or opt in, whatever it was, that he wasn't going to have the same type of leverage that he had before leaving Houston and leaving Brooklyn. So... The only surprising part for me watching all this, this play out was, hey, he can't go in and blow up the whole thing because you're 30 plus years of age now. We've seen another early exit and you were a big part of it. While you did have three fantastic games with the 40 plus, and a lot of people forget about game five where he was tremendous playing a, a, a tremendous floor game with what he did and, and the double-double and low number assists and they went in on the road in, in Boston. I didn't think he had a lot of leverage to just go and cause a lot of problems. Yeah. And he, and while we saw some things, saw some reports where you reported some things and we saw some national things that he would go in and, and just cause trouble. He really didn't. He missed that one, that those first couple of days of training camp, no media day. And then he popped up in Colorado when you guys were there and nothing happened. Absolutely yeah. nothing happened. And that's all he really could do. Because who wanted him? You already opted in. You didn't have much leverage there. So what, A decision he defended today in the interview, by and, the way, and we'll his get decision to, that. to opt in. Because, again, you did that. You can't blame anybody else. You did that. You had an option. I actually opting in or opting don't out. think he's wrong, though. Like, one of the more interesting, there were a bunch of things he admitted to in that, one of which was a, a meeting with Houston, which not entirely... Yeah. You can't really do that, but we'll get into that. That was the obvious tampering. Pretty well, we can tampering. just say it. Yeah. Well, a guy who's never a free agent, yeah, you can't take free agent meetings. That's not how that works. But he also admitted, like, hey, look, the teams that had cap space, they wouldn't be interested in somebody like me. Uh, they tend to be young teams on, up and coming. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily be interested in them, so I had to opt in. I don't necessarily think he was wrong. I think this was probably the right play for him. And I think it ended up working out for the six. I actually ended up thinking it worked out for everyone involved that's not a fan. <laughs> 
Like it worked out for the team because they ended up getting stuff back for him. It worked out for Harden because it got to where he wanted to go. It worked out for us. We got lots of content. We got lots of content. He probably ended up getting a better salary than he would have as a free agent anyway. I actually don't think. Now the question comes, which I always go back to, was he was his best course of action opting out and then coming back to the Sixers? Was what Daryl Morey was going to offer him probably going to end up being the best contract that he would have gotten? I think there's a chance that that's true. Outside of that, though, I think opting like I, I think him opting out to walk away from the Sixers would have been tough for him. And I think he admitted that in the uh, Sam Amick piece. Yeah. I mean, I don't the critical wrong. piece of information to me, and this is still a he said, he said type of situation where James is outright saying, Daryl promised me a max. Like, mm-hmm. got explicitly asked, yep. were you going to get a max? Or did Daryl say you're going to get a max? Yes. Outright says yes. And... That's a level that he had not gone to before. Him and his representation had both danced around it, danced around it. In fact, it. they very explicitly were asked that by the league office who investigated, and he said, yes. no, I was referring to the fact that I thought I would be traded quicker. Yes, so, I mean, this is a new development in that way, and the team has continued to deny that. I mean, Maury has denied promising absolutely anything, let alone a max contract. So to me, the interesting part is, you know, where do we settle here in these muddy details that keep coming out, right? Like, when did Daryl Morey promise James and Max? Because we know very clearly, this has been said, been reported on by by us, by other reporters. I think we trust that after the season ended, there was it was no communicado. Right. That was they they completely cut ties, as you pointed out, Derek. That. He's taking meetings with Houston after Ime Udoka got hired in <laughs> late April, which is supposed to be illegal and doesn't happen because tampering is illegal and isn't supposed to happen according to the NBA. So the max component is interesting. We always have kind of assumed that, right? Where he turned down the max in Brooklyn. You would think a guy of his stature is turning it down for good reason because he believes he's getting it elsewhere. But the league has said, I mean, their ruling on the whole tampering thing said that he wasn't offered that. There was no, you know, quid pro trying to think pro. of the, yeah, quid pro quo. Quid pro quo. I'm the one who makes fun of Derek for talking for a living now and flubbing up. Well, so that was great. And that's also, I think, one important aspect to this. Harden, when he said he was promising Max, he said that Maury said that to him uh, coming into the playoffs this year. When the league investigated it, both um, two years ago and his past offseason, they were wondering whether or not there was a promise when he took that pay cut yes. back in 2022. So even what he admitted to now, it doesn't directly relate to the investigations, multiple investigations the league has launched. That being said, you do wonder if that those comments, even if they don't cover the same time period, might draw some scrutiny. And look, and, and this is where we are with him and with him not getting that max contract that he thought he was, gonna, he was deserving of. I, for one, didn't think he was deserving of it. And I'm glad that Daryl Moore didn't give it to him. I don't know if the ownership stepped in and said, hey, we saw what we saw in that postseason. We're not doing that. And that was the right call, in my opinion, of that. James Harden can feel how he feels. Again, just looking at it and looking at the product on the floor and knowing how much you had to pay Maxi potentially and some other things that you needed to do. There was no way, no how, that I was looking yeah. at James Harden and thinking that, he was deserving of a max contract. And I'm glad they didn't give it to him because look, you see how things are playing out now. As you said, Derek, it worked out maybe better for both parties. He's in LA where he wanted to be. And even with the Tyrese Maxi part with, it's been a revelation of him being a point guard, which many of us didn't think he could do what he is currently doing right now by handling the ball, running the offense, the way that he's doing. I, I again am for one happy. And I, I know many people are at, at paying attention to what you guys have been doing and talking to so many that, he did not get that max contract because he was not uh, deserving of that at this stage of his career. Not at all. And look, we'll keep it going and, you know, keep going with the conversation about everything. We'll get to Kelly Oubre in just a little bit, but we also uh, want to tell you about chocolate milk, uh, a, a big sponsor here. Yes. I have to tell you about chocolate milk. And since I've mentioned my rehab and all, I got to tell you, I do my rehab, go to the chocolate milk. Why not? Because we have a new great sponsor. We have a new sponsor, Pennsylvania, 
dairy farmers, and team chocolate milk, professional and college athletes, not just them, us too, uh, the people that still think they can get it Calling done. Calling us not professional, Devon? I don't on the floor. Take that person On the floor. On the floor. Athletes have known. I still, you've never seen me play ball, so how can you even say that? <laughs> well, didn't we play? We uh, actually did. Yeah, That's we did. Right. Yeah, yeah, in the media game. Yep. Have known about the power of chocolate milk as a refuel and recovery beverage for a long time. Chocolate milk provides high-quality protein for muscle repair, electrolytes for hydration, and calcium for strong bones as well. That's why studies consistently show that chocolate milk is an ideal sports recovery beverage. Whether you're recovering after a workout at the gym, I'll raise my hand for that one, a run around Boathouse Row or a bike ride on the Schuylkill Trail, chocolate milk is an ideal post-workout beverage. Taking care of your body doesn't end when the clock hits zero on your workout routine. Give your body what it needs to properly recover and make sure you get in there on that chocolate milk. What could be better than a scientifically proven recovery beverage made right here in Pennsylvania that also tastes great? Well, learn more about how chocolate milk can help you refuel and recover after your next workout by visiting teamchocolatemilk.com. We also want to tell you about Wheelhouse Cards. Wheelhouse is our go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. Their motto is cards and community because love of sports unites us all. They carry all of your favorite brands like Topps Chrome Baseball and Mosaic Football, as well as t-shirts, hats, and hoodies from brands like Mitchell and Ness, 47 Brand, Junk Food Starter, and Shibe Vintage Sports. Looking to grade your sports card collection? Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. Stop into either of their stores in Wayne or Westchester, open seven days per week at 11 a.m. Use code PHLY and get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in the store. Also, be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. I tell you what, James Harden out there in LA looks like he needs some chocolate milk. Where he oh, looks fatigued. Listen, boy, every now and again. you are not kidding because I have watched <laughs> quite a bit of that Clippers team. I will say they had a nice win over, admittedly, a pretty bad Golden State team on Saturday where they came back from 22 points down. Paul George had a crazy step back three to win that game. So, you know, showing some signs of life, but real disaster. I also want to make sure we. Shout it out. Harrison G gave us a super chat that we skipped right over in the first segment. He did say, get Pompeii on and assemble the Sixers beat Avengers. You know, Devon's got a direct line to him. I do. uh, Do a show with him. And certainly we see Keith all the time. So, but thank you, Harrison, for uh, dropping us a super chat. I'm sure he wouldn't mind stepping in as a guest, you know, coming in and hanging out with us. Uh, talking a little Sixers, uh, as we will do every every day here, five days a week, of course, with the guys, Rich Hoffman also involved. We'll keep this going. Uh, as we talk about the James Harden piece, we get to Kelly Oubre also because Derek, he, he has some things to say there at, at practice. Too, yeah. So. I don't know if we're done with James. No, yet, no, 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 I no, feel no, like we got to no, no. really uh, drill down on this, right? Like, Devon, as you pointed out, there was no way they could give him a <laughs> max could, contract. If you were going to criticize Maury here, it's more from the outside looking in saying this would would have been a two-faced move in some ways, right? Like to say, hey, I'm going to give you a max and then to not only not give him a max, but not be in contact with him for basically the duration of the offseason up until free agency opened. The problem for James was that it was such a culture shock to go from, you know, Maury is his guy, right? Like that was they had a decade-long relationship that he compared to a marriage and then you're sitting here like just ghosting the guy at one of the most pivotal parts of his what career was he supposed to do of course they, they've art you're like, supposed to tamper like the rockets did but, 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 I got them in the places they were in there that's why they were investigating <laughs> well let's, I, okay i'm not saying that it's right like, no no I, I hear you what i'm, I'm saying talking is about from james harden's perspective yes. you know, these people should at least understand that or at least have some some of those people have those conversations and not James Harden expecting to hear sure. from James Harden, from Daryl Morey. Like that, I, I don't think that was a problem at all. I think Daryl knew if he said, hey, I'm going to offer you 3-100, you probably end up in the same spot. I don't think he wanted to right. let him know, yeah. I'm going to, what James feels like, shortchange you. I, I think he thought, let him hit the market, realize Houston isn't interested, none of the other teams have cap space. And then maybe that 300 or 4 130 or whatever he was going to offer him looks a little more appealing. I don't think it was a tampering at all. It's a it's a hell of an excuse though, because right now Daryl Morey is perfect theoretically. Uh, he didn't get a chance to te- like the market. He didn't have to make an offer that would have proven James right if he did actually make a promise. So he can't. He's not actually a liar because he never had the opportunity <clears throat> to make uh, a formal offer. And also, like the fans, 
he never had to make an offer that fans would have regretted. Uh, I think he ended up, everything ended up working out, I think, for the Sixers. I really do. I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy he didn't get that contract. That would have been devastating. That would have been devastating. No, I and maybe, maybe he made a promise that he shouldn't have. Maybe James just felt secure with his longtime running mate. Maybe there isn't something that was spoken, not, you know, maybe fell short of a promise. Regardless of what it was, I'm actually fairly comfortable with where the Sixers ended up. I mean, how could you not be? I, I think we've said it on the show already, Derek, that we we would have had to convince ourselves in a lot of ways to like, all right, we got to spin this to my, like not to the, the audience. Like you can't, I can't tell Philly fans how to think because they wouldn't listen to me anyway. But I would sit here to myself and be like, okay, he was a very good player last year. They went to game seven with a very good Boston team, blah, 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 blah. Another year of chemistry, all that. And I'd be convincing myself like, yeah, you really want to watch that slow paced, just bullshit each and every day, each and every year with this guy for probably the next few years while he's on this bloated contract, getting older, getting slower, getting frankly worse at basketball because that's what happens when guys get older. I would have been convincing myself of something that now I can just say, it's great that they didn't do that because now it's Tyrese Maxey and they're playing fast Go. and they have right. like three or four wings on the team that can play, which has basically never happened in my lifetime. So it's, it's been a real luxury. And I'll add to, I'll add the Nick nurse piece of it because of course we didn't know what was going to happen knowing from watching Nick nurse and how he likes his teams to play James Harden offensively, maybe a, a little bit because he can, he's an elite scorer and he can pass the basketball, but the other stuff just doesn't necessarily fit. I was very curious to find out if he was going to be here, how they would have incorporated James Harden into a Nick Nurse offense. But now watching it, yep. this is more free flowing. This is more of what you I, name drop talking to Alvin Williams. When this happened, when Nick Nurse was hired, who does TV, of course, in Toronto, he's like, I just don't know because who fits it better? And we'll get to rotations and all that. De'Anthony Melton does because De'Anthony Melton will pick you up 75 feet away from the basket. James Harden's not doing that. And that's not Tyrese Maxey's MO. And we've seen it a little bit here in, 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 in this new version of Tyrese Maxey, a little bit in this defense, uh, of course, for what De'Anthony Melton does and some of the others that Robert Covington, we'll get to all of that. But defensively, I, I also don't know where they, how would they, how would they have hid James Harden? In, well, in you don't. You That's don't. the thing. Like, to your right. point, Devon, I'm sure you've seen this watching them the last few months. Something we bring up all the time is buy-in. Like, these guys are all playing hold, for hold not just themselves. The but, system, man. The <laughs> system. But it, it's a real thing. Like, <laughs> to system. have five guys who are all bought into the same goal rather than and it's both sides of the ball. Like Harden gets a lot of flack, rightfully so, on defense, right? For, oh, he's not, he's checked out off the ball and he blows a rotation or doesn't run back, whatever it is. I think what I've noticed this year is it's almost as dramatic on offense because when you see Tyrese Maxey in that two-man game with Joel where they run a handoff and they're blocked off. Okay, Tyrese is coming back around the screen. They go and they try to run a pick and roll after that. And they're running different actions. They're doing different things. And it's one to the next, to the next, to the next. They're flowing through two and three plays at a time. Whereas when it's James and Joel, it was either run a pick and roll and Harden drives or hits Joel with the pocket pass. Or James throws it to Joel on the block and then just kind of stands there for most of the shot clock. Because... That's not ever been his game. He doesn't get involved off the ball. And so now at the very least, like, yes, the skill level is lower. Yes, they have a less starry team sure. without him. But there is real buy-in and movement on both sides of the ball that I think all of us would agree is very important. No, look, and I, I obviously the draft picks they got back are going to be key for the next trade. The matching salary is going to be key for the next trade. The veterans they got back and the forwards they got back are helping them right now. But all of that might even take secondary to just having a chance to evaluate Tyrese Maxey and his ability to run an offense and your ability to buy in to him as a you know lead guard and a, a, a primary initiator. And none of that would have happened if James was here. And over the summer, you know, I think I said two things about this. First, that the best version of the Sixers team was with James Harden on it. And the second was that I was absolutely terrified of that contract and that it could end up being the worst contract in the deal. I thought yes. both of those were true, and I didn't really know how to reconcile that. 
Well, it turns out that first statement was wrong. I think the best version of the Sixers team might be the one that they currently have, not the one with James Harden. And if it's even close, but you add in the benefit of Maxi getting those reps, of not giving Harden one of the worst contracts in the league, it was it was hell to go through for those four months or however long it took. Um, but I am very okay with where they're at. Very I am okay. too. I am too. And and again, just the the, the Nick Nurse part of it, it, it would have been tough to, to see because once he made that system comment that was always in there we already knew oh, yeah. who he yeah. was in houston and, and even buying in a little bit there with the brooklyn nets and buying it with the sixers under doc rivers but that was always in there and we saw it watching it every day for the last couple of for the last year and a half that he was here he want he needed to get that off his chest to say that he was the system and he didn't like how he played and we knew i mean we would I remember his first year here in the playoffs with doc rivers and the sixers and he's Waving off plays, he, Doc Rivers is saying something out of timeout. We're not running that. You, you know what I mean? And that that was always which, in by the way, like is oh for your star point guard. Yes, I'm okay with. Sure. Sometimes it's like sometimes they are seeing something that you just can't from the sideline. But to your point, Devon, it's more that it's a systemic, just ingrained belief in him that like. I got to play this way. And you can see in the interview he did. It's going to come out at somewhere yes. where it's going to disrupt what was working. The interview that he did, he straight up said, he's like, look, like I've done the sacrifice thing the last few years. And now it's just like, this is where I want to be. I'm going to make the most money and try to win. It's like, okay, at least he's clear with what he wants. Sure. Like I appreciate uh, uh, at, on some level that James could be honest with himself and say, I care about getting paid and I want to be somewhere where I can play how I want to play. Here's what I'll say, though. I think because he's he brought up the sacrifice not only to Amick, but also like right after game seven in Boston. Yes. I sacrificed. We still lost in the second round. Something to that effect. I think he wants credit for sacrificing both financially and in terms of his role. But I also think deep down he knows he can't play the way he used to play. And I think when you watch game six and seven of the Celtics series, he knew he couldn't finish inside. Yeah. He knew he had to drive and kick. So deep down, there's almost like a struggle within James of, I want to be seen as someone who can take over. I want to be seen as someone who can si sacrifice. But deep down, I know I can't. And it's it's just weird sort of like his words don't always match his play, don't always match his actions and decisions. And I think he's at a bit of a crossroads where he doesn't truly know who he is as a player. And that might be screwing with him a little bit too. The great players are always 100%. the last ones to, to, to know that they are uh, losing it. I mean, dude, Iverson, that was my guy growing yep. up. Like I, he's the... Giant part of the reason I love basketball. Ends and when the end came for him, that end came yeah. very quickly because who he thought he still could be or was was not who he was anymore. And we just, just imagine four years and 130. Oh my Ooh, God. Nah. Oh. Yeah. And imagine trying to trade that later on. <sighs> you, you, you couldn't. Especially do it. like think about Bradley Beal, who we don't know because he hasn't played this year, but ostensibly still a very good player. He got moved for basically nothing because of the new CBA and the constraints that are on teams with the salary cap because that contract and the no trade clause, which is a very important distinction, that contract was so bad that the Suns got him for comparatively very little for the caliber of player that Bradley yep. Beal is. Ru Russell Westbrook's on team number what at this point? A lot. Too many. A one-year deal, and yeah. Let's so. see. Thunder, Rockets, Wizards, Lakers. Jazz. Technically, because he was traded there. I don't, I'm not going to count that. <laughs> and, and now the clip. So, really, like yeah. five, but for a guy right. who's, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And now he's getting passed around like they pushed him to the bench. Like, see you later, buddy. And again, there's a whole crazy thing about this is because I think at some point, like we mentioned, the Sixers are in a better spot than they would have been if they gave him a contract. I truthfully don't even know how much credit to give Maury because I think he probably would have brought him back at a decent number that I probably would have been uncomfortable with. But with the way it worked out, James in LA, it's LA's problem. And the Sixers are not looking perfect because they've lost a couple close games here, had some injury problems, yada, 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 but certainly in a better spot than a number of the other scenarios. Well, look, and we understand that that's the Clippers problem now, but hey, it was brought back up because of the conversation that he had with Sam Amick and we needed to discuss it. And we, we did that and had, again, I had to get some things off my chest too. He had to say he was the system. I had some things to get off my chest about. Uh, we're definitely going to have, we might not, it's like, we're going to pretend you're in a cryogenic chamber for the last three months. Be like, Hey, Devon, what do you think about this thing that happened? So we'll, we'll get there. It's one, one player, one piece at a time, but we okay. do have uh, before we get to the next break, 
We do have one super super chat coming in from Ash. He wants to know how much pull you have with your cousin. Can you hook that um, up? So, okay. <laughs> one thing, of course. Thank I, you, by the way, to Ash. Always regular super chat, regular commenter in the uh, the stream. We love Ash. I appreciate his, it. His full comment: Dreams in the day with Devon. Yada yada yada. Uh, certainly, you. Devon warrants that praise. Maybe the rest of us don't. But any chance you can talk to your boy Mikel into asking out of Brooklyn? If only we could have drafted him. So. <laughs> when he was at Villanova and coming out, it's of not tampering Valley, for you. You don't play on the team. No, it's not. not I, I can, by the yeah, team. I can have the conversation. But the one thing that was always uncomfortable when he became who he became, um, I did my job for the family and talking about him and making sure that you know his name for what I could do was out there. It was always uncomfortable talking about uh, Mikhail because then you would get people saying, oh, "All you want to do is talk about your cousin he, and all this stuff," and I don't bring him up. People bring him up, <laughs> of course, <laughs> and and he would do an intro on my sh on the show and things of, of that nature. But as far as talking to him about come here, uh, Ash, I'll say it like I always would say when he was in Phoenix, he was very happy in Phoenix, and he is very happy right. in Brooklyn. And the problem is that's that the, the the problem is that. Any team who wants him, they're going to have to trade a fucking ton. And it's <laughs> like probably they don't even have enough assets say, here's anyway. So it you have matter. a relative who's very good at basketball. Right. It's not some dude who's a bum who's like, yeah. oh, I got to really but you know, it's the, upsell it's the, him. It's the, oh, you're bragging about your cousin. <laughs> no, I'm, I, well, I would love to, but I'm also a professional. <laughs> Number one, it's not my personality. Number two, he has done so much where I don't have to do that. Exactly. And his game speaks for itself. And... Hey, you never know. Maybe we will have him on the show at some point. Ash, I hope that might help out a little bit where he will come on as we preview the Nets and the Sixers or something like that. Well, listen, if you want to go see Mikael Bridges the next time that he's in town, bang, I know exactly where you need to go. That is the Game Time app because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. They got killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets, start getting hype for all the fun you'll have. Now we can turn it into... You know, a big family affair when Brooklyn comes back. Can I wear my jersey on the show? You can, you can do whatever I'm you want to do. do. That, right? I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I mean, that's... Can you have a Villanova one? Um, No, I don't have a Nova Oh, crap. I can get a Nova All right, right. do that. Okay. Do that. That's a compliment. I, I, say, I feel, like, I feel right. like that's probably appropriate, but it's not a we can have the friends and family section where everyone boos Ben Simmons and, you know, cheers Mikael Bridges. That'll be a fun dynamic. Hey. If you guys want to be there, I listen, I just have to keep reiterating the game time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for good reason. You get images of your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone. Never have to dig through your email. And tickets make great holiday gifts. So if there's that special someone in your life that you can leave it until Christmas Eve, I, I wouldn't recommend that. You know, prices might surge a little bit, but you can know that with the game time guarantee, it means you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section or row for less, Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We did have a couple more super chats come in while Kyle was doing the ad read uh, from Mark Booker. Had nothing to say. Just wanted to say hello to Devon. So we appreciate wow. that with a, a pretty wild a super chat. A whopping $20 super chat. Very, too. Shout out to generous. Mark. So can I jump in on that? Yes. yes. Mark Rooker is one of my best friends. Okay. It's like my brother. I was going to say, you have to really like Devon to drop $20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've, like, <laughs> I've, I've, we've met a lot. I don't know if I dropped $20. On, <laughs> if I'm being well, again, I've known him since we were like 11. Okay. And he's okay. like my brother where, you know, our kids are, you know, godfather, uncle, that's uncle Mark, I'm uncle D, all that type oh, of stuff. Oh, that's awesome. So, so that's my, that's my brother. And okay. yeah. So, yeah. Do you so know thanks Bill? Mark. Appreciate you know it. the next one? I don't know. Okay. So well, happy to have you with us, Mark. From yes. Bill. Uh, he says, also welcome to Vaughn. Question is how much risk do you think the 76ers are at for getting punished from, for more potentially being guilty of, of tampering? I mean, you brought it up. They've yeah. been investigated twice now. And to your point, is, and nothing has and come here's up. What I'll so. Say. So. Again, the key here was that Harden mentioned uh, this past spring as a timeline when he was given that promise. That kind of a tampering would just be like legitimate tampering. You're talking about a second round pick or two. Nobody really cares about that. 
the league doesn't care as much about it, uh, and the Sixers don't care about the punishment nearly as much. It's the circumvention, where if you go back to 2022, where there was an explicit, I'm taking less money now, so you give me a future contract. Yes. That's what the league cares about. That's what the Sixers care about. The league has investigated that twice. Unless Harden has just been hiding evidence, I don't think they're at much risk of that. I mean, we'll see. James said he's very intelligent. Maybe he's been sitting on a, a manila envelope filled with evidence to, uh, to take down the Sixers from not even not the inside anymore, from the outside. Never know. Never know. Never know. No. But, hey, we also have to get into one of the moves that he uh, made this offseason late addition to the team in, what, September? Was it September where... They brought in was, Kelly Oubre? Uh, I believe it was. was. Like, yeah, it was probably yeah. early, mid-September. Yeah, about a week or two before right. training camp. And it was actually a good move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good move, one-year deal. And he was a big piece of what they were doing before he went down with the off-the-floor uh, incident that happened in Center City. And he uh, spoke to the media there for mm -hmm. the first time. And, and you were there at practice with him speaking. And what, what were some things that stood out to you with what Oubre had to say? Yeah, well, I guess uh, just the... Off the top, um, looks like he will play on Wednesday. He hasn't talked to Nick specifically about what his role will be. It's likely to be coming off of the bench. Um, he also said that he wasn't going to speak to the details of the incident because that is an active investigation, and he's letting that take care of itself. Uh, so he did not speak to the particulars of you know how he got hit, all that stuff. He did confirm that he broke a rib, and that's why he was out at a fractured rib. Um, Really, I think what he spoke most of was on some of the speculation uh, around people questioning what he called the conspiracy theories around um, people questioning his version of the hit and run. Uh, and again, Ubre was a pedestrian hit in a hit and run accident, which broke his rib. Um, that was what he, uh, you know, told the cops. And then some, because there was trouble finding, you know, recordings from the video cameras around town, people started questioning that. There was a big press conference with with Nick Nurse. Uh, and he really pushed back against this. Uh, he says, this was and is a very traumatic situation for me and my family. I just wish my life wasn't like the Truman Show where everybody could kind of watch and have their own opinion Love about the my Truman life. Show reference, yeah. by the way. Um, this is very hard for us to have to deal with and me to miss being on the court, which keeps me insane. He then goes on to talk that some of those people with the conspiracy theories are very inconsiderate and insensitive. Um and he, you know, just sort of went off on that a little bit. And honestly, he was pretty respectful then. He brought it back and said he had love for everyone. And, you know, he just, this is his life and he takes it seriously and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, he called it uh, what was a minor setback for a major comeback. Uh, so he's excited to join the team and all that stuff, which you'd kind of expect. But I think those were sort of like the high level takeaways. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I am not really interested in policing the active investigation Same. on what's happening right like Same. i couldn't sit here and tell you i don't have evidence one way or another of what happened if the philadelphia police certainly don't then i don't i'm not going to sit here and speculate on what happened to me and i think derek and i put the focus on this the best news is that he is going to be available to play basketball for the sixers seems like he is healed and is just about healthy is ready to go on wednesday I'm sure regardless of what happened that this whole thing to be the subject of all this speculation to this point, like being part of the Truman show, that that has been very eye-opening and in some ways traumatic for him that I'm sure he just wants to get back on the floor and it's like business as usual, very different than what you did the last few months, Devon. But when you're <laughs> not doing your job for a while and you just have a lot of time to sit around and hear things about yourself, I'm sure that that's just a weird phenomenon to go through. So yeah, um, I'm happy for him that he's returning. And I do think the indication was he's coming off the bench, but is going to play a lot of minutes. Derek and I have talked about this a lot. Devon, I'm curious to see what your take is. Like, I think that's the best spot for him is in that bench role, like heavy minute bench role. And it's going to best serve the team that way. I agree because when you look at where they are right now with uh, having – Batum starting, who can just fill so many different roles within the starting unit because he is not one who needs the basketball to be productive and to be uh, very helpful to, for what they do. And, and he, he's, he's just that Band-Aid that, that just fits and cover up a lot of mistakes mm -hmm. and also make things go. I've, I've heard you guys talk about it, talked about it in the past, where it's having someone like him, and we'll get back to Kelly Oubre in just a second, is 
actually someone who can inbound make an inbounds pass <laughs> to somebody. The last person that wild they had, concept yeah. uh, before Jimmy Butler was TJ McConnell, and he was the best entry passer that they had. Just a very simple uh, basketball play, uh, but to have that there. I'm still conflicted with the DeAnthony Melton thing because I personally believe he's also his best coming off the bench. Too much pressure with I tend him to agree. in the starting lineup because he is so hot and cold with the shooting. Go back to the game six. Yes, he was coming off the bench against Boston. James Harden, as much as we get on him, he did find him for those shots in the, right. in the, uh, in the time that he was on the floor in the second half and he missed those. But Kelly Oubre, for everything that they have with the scoring in the starting five from Harris, Maxi, and Embiid, and the fill-in roles there with the role players of Melton and with um, uh, Batum, you need that scoring punch coming off the bench again. And that's what he's going to provide. We know he's a 20-point-per-game scorer coming off the bench, whether it be with Charlotte or with uh, any of the other teams Golden that he's State, played. Golden Phoenix, State, Phoenix, Washington. Again, watching him there for a couple of seasons that we know he can score the basketball, and that's what he's going to do, where he's not really going to interrupt anything. He can come in and flat out fill it up. He can get a bucket. He's a professional scorer, and that's what he's going to come in and do. So having that and, again, being able to maybe limit some of the other minutes from some of the other players, allowing Robert Covington to be Robert Covington, the same thing with Patrick Beverly, even though he went on that crazy run on Friday against Boston and his scoring, it Seven of, free throw attempts for Robert Covington in a game. I never hey, thought I'd see the death. Same. <laughs> but it, it, it just simply slots everybody into where they are supposed to be on the team for what they are brought here to do. And you know what Kelly Oubre was brought here to do? Score buckets off the bench, score baskets off the bench for Nick Nurse's team. And that's what he's going to come back in here and do. And we've seen the offense bog down way too many times when Embiid and Maxi are off the floor or it's too much for Tobias Harris like we saw against, against Boston. Well, you know what? If he was having those troubles and you saw Morris taking his shots and the same with Beverly, Kelly Oubre is going to be like, hey, give me, give me the pill. I got it. I still let's can't go. believe they and wasted that Patrick Beverly game, by the way. Like, I, I what, a, what a crime. I, I, I know. It, it was bad. <laughs> it, it was bad. But that's what Kelly Oubre is going to do. So I totally agree that him coming off the bench, filling that role is the right spot for him. And I think that's how it should be going forward. Yeah, and listen, like the bunch of those guys you named, if you go through all their bench guys, Pat Bev, Jaden Springer, I mean, long-term, to your point about Melton, Melton should probably be with that group. Those are all yep. guys who are either defense first or in some cases defense only type players. And so to give get a guy like Kelly, who he can certainly defend, and I think we've been encouraged by how he started the year on defense, I think the main thing you're looking for him is a little bit more shot creation, a guy who doesn't have a, a conscience in a good way as a shooter. Like he's going to take shots that I think some other guys would record scratch out of and turn that into a, a long two or just a lot of swinging the ball around the perimeter. He's going to unclog things a little bit by being with that group in a way that the starting group, frankly, doesn't need that because they have all those weapons available. And by the way, on, on some nights when maybe he should have a little more of a conscious, Nick can just send him to the bench and say, all right, look, tonight's not your night. Uh, yeah. There's, a, I think, a little more flexibility uh, when he is coming off the bench rather than uh, as a starter. Um, and I think having that carrot to dangle in front of Kelly, somebody who has at times throughout his career, really for most of his career, tried to do too much, having that carrot to dangle is probably good for him as well. 100%. Settle down, you know. Hey, it's okay, Kelly. You'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, because he sometimes it's he like does get that space. Every now and then, Kyle gets a little too wordy. Now we have the bonk and be like, "All right, all right settle down here, Kyle. I, I Let's saw get back on track." In the chat earlier, who said I, I'm like the you know the separator of you <laughs> the, two yeah. the Zen master. After, after the all of these, after all these months, I have to kind of you know separate you two. No, nah, it's I been a long three months, man. It's been a long three months. It has been. Listen, we poke fun at one another, but we wouldn't be doing the show together, all three of us, if we didn't enjoy each other's company to some extent. I have two forms of humor. I can make fun of myself or I can make fun of Kyle. That's all I have. That's all I have. And honestly, I'd probably do both about equally. So, you know. Yeah. Well, look, man, it's, it's been fun watching you guys. Glad to be here. 
not comfortable right. making fun of Devon yet, though. He's too nice. Yeah. You can't make fun of Devon. Yeah, that's, listen, that, I might I'm say the punching something. bag and vice versa. We can take it. I might say something or maybe put my foot up on the, the table here because my foot is hurt. Hey, <laughs> listen, might, get might make fun of me. Get I mean, that's, that's the way I feel right now. I should be putting my foot up so we can take, Kyle and I can take a, a good three-month break on that's fair. That's fair. Right. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. Listen, you. We haven't seen you in any Foco overalls, so we might have to get you. Well, in, that uh, I used to wear overalls back in the in the day when they were when they were in, and they were certainly in like during the, the Philly run. Oshkosh, Bagosh, that yeah, type man, of deal. you know, cross colors or something like that. And you know, I think that. he, I think he just committed to wearing overalls on the show. I think that's what happened. I know where you could get some if you're interested in wearing overalls. Oh, well, we can talk about me wearing overalls and how it might look, but you can certainly get those. Like I saw during the playoff run. Jamie. With uh, Jamie yeah. and Renee wearing them, and certainly all the fans. I, I did get to a game or two. I was, you know, minding my business. But I didn't have on the overalls from FOCO, the leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment and merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and much more. Uh, best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and it's tailgating season overalls hoodies hats sunglasses bags everything you need for a game like if you wanted to stuff something in the front pocket of the overall like we saw from of course garrett stubbs you go into the game all of that with the hoodies the hats make sure you stay warm out there we have the place for you and again that is foco and they have you hooked up all you have to do is check in with phly Uh, phly and foco has hooked up phly and provided awesome pieces for our sets as you can see behind us and have seen for the last couple of months FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items. Use promo code PHLY10, and that's for 10% off of your purchase. So, yeah, back in the day, while they weren't FOCO, wear wear them. I wasn't like uh, crisscross or anything where you wear them backwards and all that crazy stuff. But, yeah, definitely had them. With the hoodie, the UNLV hoodie back in the oh, day. Oh, UNLV. When they were good. That was my favorite college basketball team, by the way. Well, that team. Yeah. yeah. The team. So, they obviously, they humiliated Duke the year they won the title. Rock. Them losing to Duke the next year is like one of the most crazy upsets probably ever. And that was rough. To the point that people thought that they took money to throw the game. <laughs> right. Like, that's that's how dominant that UNLV team Love was. That Did team. you have a connection to you? To, them outside of just loving no, that team? No, I'm just a basketball fan. Okay. Just, just watching that team and watching how they played. And I had been, as, as when I was at, at that age, even though I was still in what middle school, my dad, would he lives out in California, and he would have conferences in Vegas in the summer. So I would go to Vegas in the summer with him for like a week, and I we would go to Thomas and Mac or outside of Thomas and Mac where they had the gym. So it was cool just being there, even though it didn't go inside the arena, Thomas right. and Mac, but it was just cool because I, Larry Johnson, Anderson Hunt, Greg Anthony, Stacey Augman, George Ackles, all those names, and just watching how they would just beat the crap out of teams. Well, and it was fun, that running gun, the amoeba defense. I remember all that stuff, man. It was fun. Sisters- so I was very young when they were really good, but it's one of those teams that I've gone back and revisited over the years. Did you watch the, tar- uh, the Tark documentary? I did. Yeah, Tark man. the Shark? Yeah, if the yeah. Sixers didn't choke in the in-season tournament, you could be heading back to Vegas and I make know. a pilgrimage to UNLV. Well, I, I, I think we'll, thought about we'll it. make our way to Vegas, I think, next summer. Next but summer? it's a long time to wait. All right. But, yeah. Get you much hot. of a gambler, it Devon, or no? Uh, only on the, 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 the sports apps, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, you can't All mention right. any of them. That's, why, yeah. I said, yeah. that's why I said the sports, sports apps. apps. So when you give us money, we'll mention them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I dabble. Actually, while we're on the in-season tournament subject, I think Derek and I probably touched on it. Are you pro-con on... I was big when it was announced. Why are we doing this? Who asked for this? But clearly, it was Adam Silver and the people upstairs. And I got to tell you, as I watched it, if they took the floor away, it was actually not bad. It wasn't... It's grown on me as as a product of what they were doing. It, it, It grew on me with how... Teams were, you know, the respect the game part where guys, DeMar DeRozan being the first person I think of going off twice because teams uh, were shooting at the end. where you're like running already, up the score. Yeah, running up the score. The game's already over. Joel Embiid with his three-pointer taking the shot, and they kind of 
ticked off, but they clearly did not know what the rule was to try to have yeah, more points yeah, yeah. to separate yourself from the other teams in your in your pool. I, I as it as it started to play out, I'm like, the Sixers should win this in their pool and play for a spot to make it to Vegas for the quarterfinals. And unfortunately, they didn't. Right. And it grew on me. I wish the court was a little bit different. I was fine with the middle of the floor. The outside where they had the coloring, right. that is what bothered me. I was talking to my cousin, Mikhail's dad. We were like, why not just keep the middle of the floor like that with the line in it and the trophy and just have the regular hardwood color yeah. on the outside? Yeah. We get it. Even, it's a different floor, but all the other stuff. Or we, just don't do it bright red or yeah. orange. Well, well, Brooklyn's, I didn't like that. I think either. the blues the and the grays. I didn't were, like the gray. I didn't love the gray, but at like least like... I'm not hurting my eyes watching the game. You know, like that was the thing for me. I, if you want to do some goofy shit, that's fine. But don't make it so I have to like turn the saturation down on the TV. Yeah. And like if you want to do some goofy shit with the colors, like at least maybe keep that limited to just the out of bounds, not the, the main area right. of play. Yeah. Really focus on a logo. Make a, a killer logo if you want to do that. That's all fine. I agree. It went too far with the colors. Just too far. Yeah. And far. the uniforms, like I like the City Edition uniforms. They were dope. Sixers were actually one of the better of the 30 teams out there because there are a lot of really bad ones out there. I like Minnesota. I like the Sixers. Uh, some of the other ones, they clearly don't matter because I don't remember. Nike's been mailing it in on the, the, the last couple of seasons. Man. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's crazy. It's been tough, but the Sixers have a pretty good one. Uh, By the way, we overall. do have another super another chat. Another super chat. From Rick for, says, I love you, Devon, but 20 bucks is 20 bucks because he... I say only sent ten dollars. Only sent. We well, appreciate. Well, look, Rick. Again, each and every dollar that is sent. Do you sent. know how many twenty bucks me and Mark have given to each other over <laughs> the years? That's nothing. That's a get back, probably that, from that's some nothing. other thing. Yeah, I need twenty bucks. Give me twenty bucks real quick. You know what? So he gave us twenty bucks as a as a company. And again, Rick, that was my brother. So it, it just so happened that way. So there you go. So thank I would you give very much. Twenty bucks, Kyle. I don't Derek? even know if I had 20 Three, bucks on me 20 right bucks. Yeah, when was the last time you had $20 in cash on you? Oh, I always keep, well, I don't want to say that, but <laughs> I do keep cash. I will here. say until recently, I had a bunch of craps winnings in my okay. wallet. I gave so my daughter was, lunch uh, money this morning. Okay. So there okay. you go, cash. Oh, see, big time dad energy. You got to make I sure. I have to give the lunch dad. money. Yes, you're allowed to use cards and stuff like that, but no, here's cash. That always speaks different. Yeah. So do we have to get some more chats in before we get out of here? More I mean, I, there's probably some. Uh, you're the man of the hour, Devon. Yeah, but this you're is the, the one that always been... reads them and. Makes oh no, I meant more so up. if there were any questions that we wanted to get to from the. Uh, oh, here we go, Rick. You actually, who just did add that super chat asked earlier, what do you feel is the best piece to add in the trade, whether a certain player or a certain type of player? Can I eliminate? Yeah, so I'm glad you said that because I was just going to strictly eliminate players. No, Zach Levine. Because I just don't think he fits with what they do. He kind of has that system type of player in him. He just doesn't say it out loud. Are you laughing at the system. Right. And he hasn't done anything where really, Rick, that I look at it and say, is he going to put them over the top? He certainly has the skill set, but the mindset, I just don't know. I don't know that he can do anything to put them over the top. So I would say, Rick, to answer your question, to eliminate that type of player. And it was really... I was really trying to figure out because this is what we all do. We get really nerdy about it. And so do you, we really get into it. And I still haven't figured out that one guy that I just want to throw at everybody and be like, Oh, all the, got all the picks, all the contracts, yeah, exactly. whatever it's take. Yeah. But I, I, I don't like the, I don't like the Zach Levine part of it. That's one that I'll eliminate right there. Pascal Siakam. I've heard that name, even in the off season as a free agent piece, Heard you mention the Nick Nurse relationship, and is that a piece of it? I just don't want him on the team. I just don't <laughs> want to see him on the team. I, I just don't. Uh, and I, I just don't. I, I like the player, but I like him from afar. And I think that's fair. And, and even when I like him from afar sometimes, it's, again, because I like him from afar where I can turn him off and not have to worry about talking about him the next day when we have to do some work. And he's one that I will eliminate. Uh, I'm intrigued by the Caruso part of things because I, I do believe that it's more of Maxi has elevated his game so much, Rick and others that he has kind of taken that where you were trying to fill that void of that number two star. This dude is one of the best guards in the East this year and may even make his first all-star appearance this season. So you're now looking at that third option where it's maybe going to push Tobias Harris back to that 
that fourth role of a scorer, maybe if it's Caruso, that's not going to happen. But other players that you could, OG Ananobi, maybe, et cetera. Yeah, I, the thing I've been trying to grapple with with OG, it's, I'm glad you brought him up, is like, will they end up in the same situation with him as they did with Tobias? Where I think we all agree, OG, very good player, but he's going to make a lot of money exactly. in the offseason. And if you're trading for a midseason, you're likely paying a premium that you don't want to hit that high bar. So you end up basically committing to paying him too much money from Jump Street. Now, I do think the difference is that OG's defensive utility and versatility is in a completely different universe from Tobias. Yeah, yep. But I think he's probably not as versatile an offensive player. Might end up fitting better because he's a more willing catch-and-shoot three-point volume guy. But I, I do wonder, for a guy who's not a real shot creator, someone you give the ball to and say, you can go get us a bucket if you're the like lead perimeter guy in a given lineup, if you really feel that comfortable paying right. him, you know, what he's going to command in the offseason. And we just started to eliminate the 180 million jersey number of Tobias Harris. For a while, it's, it wasn't 33, it wasn't number 12, it was 180 because we couldn't get away from that. You don't want to do that now with OG Ananobi. While he may be younger and a little more versatile with what he does, you don't want to start putting that on him of what is his number yeah. that he's making is now his jersey number because that's all you focus on. I mean, look, a lot of that comes down to what options are there. Like if there's a slam dunk available trade line th deadline, sure. But I don't think you're going to get a slam dunk in free agency next year. So if it comes down to, you know, OG is the best player you can get and the best fit you can get, I don't think I would pass on trading for him at the deadline to leave open the mystery box of what could be in free agency because I think you're probably going to be disappointed in free agency if it comes to that. So I think it, it, a lot of it depends on what else is out there. And also with OG, I think, you know, yeah, I get the comparison with Tobias because he's probably going to be overpaid and you don't want to be hamstrung by that. At the very least, OG has an elite skill in his defensive versatility and he has a very good skill in his three-point shooting. I'm not sure Tobias really, he never had an elite skill. That's part of the problem with Tobias. He's good at a bunch of things, good at almost everything, or at least passable at almost Jack everything. of all trades, master right. of none. At least OG is a, a master of defense and yeah. defensive versatility. And along with a better just stationary catch-and-shoot player or more willing catch-and-shoot player. There are certainly warts beyond that, but if he is the best option you can get at the deadline, like I said, I wouldn't not pursue him because you want to right. leave open the mystery box of free agency because I think whoever you're going to pursue in free agency is probably going to be you know, deficient and, and, and you're going to be frustrated with that contract anyway. Can I also say that since we mentioned Tobias Harris, I love your rant on Friday about Tobias. <laughs> where you, just, it's, it's where just, you just went off and you had to include the, the amount of money he made. And that, that part was and I that don't, was warranted. I don't even like to do that. No, but I, it was warranted. I, look, it, it was. I try to it keep it to just like, these are what these guys are capable of, what they're responsible for, et cetera. They ultimately are just taking as much money as they can get. I don't begrudge any of these guys. When they're overpaid... I'm happy for them on a personal level that they could convince a team, yeah. regardless of whether it's the Sixers or anyone else, assign them to that deal to help themselves and their families, whatever. But look, it is a real <laughs> team building restriction that is placed on a team when a guy who's not capable of being a real number three is making number three or really number two, number one type money. Well, and what frustrates you about Tobias is your he, average, he's man. not... To win the game. Well, and Tobias isn't great at being like a, an off-ball role player because he's hesitant with that shot. But you also can't really ramp him up as a primary initiator when other players are out because he's not a good passer because he's not aggressive. So he doesn't really fit either role perfectly well. It's frustrating. It's uh, But, I mean, that's mostly a, a mistake they made years ago. Yep. Uh, but they are and that's, still... And that's... We don't need to relitigate that a hundred times. It's like Elton Brand in the front office did what they did and it's... It is what it yeah. is. He's he's very fundamental of the as you said, a jack of all trades. He does a lot of things really well, but he's that fundamentally fundamental, but not on the level of what Tim Duncan was, where he was Mr. Fundamental and would just destroy you. Oh, uh, he was and he was right. To that point, he was great, like all time level rim protector, defender for and the maybe the most consistent great player ever. Like yeah. didn't hit as high of highs as some other guys, but Guy like Duncan is like just a metronome, 22, 10, four assists, 
two blocks. Like that guy was unbelievable. Yeah. Well, it's a reason they won a ton of games every year. And he's always there. left out of the top 10 conversation, isn't he? Not, a, not left I, out of I, mind, I, but I, that's I, a, I don't, I don't get that. a story for another day. Any more comments before we step away and we say goodbye? For the no, day? I think it's that's probably, it? you know, I'll, I can, we can do a rundown. I don't know if I'm going to pass this responsibility off. Oh to no, you. I'm not taking that. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not. Taking I mean, that. listen, there are a lot of people, including some, some new people or some less frequent commenters here today, obviously celebrating our boy Devon, who we're so happy to have here. I would just like to give a shout out to Daquan, Michael, Phyllis, Remo, two minute warning. Who's always here. Brian is here frequently. Provolone, John, Randy, Rubert, Dave, Elaine, Lauren Gordon, who's specifically excited to, see Devon. So look, we got plenty <laughs> of you, Mark, obviously our big $20 super chatter, Devon's guy. So happy to see him here. Dave, Brian, Leo. I did see, I think my guy RJ said that he loves Kyle because I say the things he thinks out loud. So shout out to my guy, RJ in the chat. Certainly we got walrus. We got Jared. We got Michael, Eric B. There are just too many people to name. Everybody. I want to. I want to see people coming up with really creative names. Just to just to make Kyle say tie my tongue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The bottom line is, as we are each and every day, we're very grateful, thankful for everyone for being here. If yep. you have not already, if you could do so on the way out, hit the subscribe button. If you hit the bell icon, you will get notifications each and every time that we go live. And certainly, a nice thumbs up on the video always helps us out. Look, it's Devon's first show. I want to see a ton, ton of thumbs up on this video. Thumbs up. Get the thumbs up in there. Really appreciate you guys being here today. We will be back same time tomorrow. And now it's no, Devon is not a special <laughs> guest. He is here for good and we're so happy about that. And Derek might let me wear Brooklyn Nets gear. I don't know. Yeah. We'll find uh, out. I don't know. We'll about find out. I'll <laughs> right. see you guys tomorrow. Thanks guys. We all silly like the mayor. 